Welcome to The Vital Podcast, where church revitalization is vitally important. Thanks for tuning in for proven and practical resources to help lead your church toward the fullness God has for them. This is a show where we not only come alongside to motivate you on your leadership journey, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to church health and growth. And now here's your host, Canon Mark Eldridge. Well, hi to all you out there listening to this vital podcast. I'm so grateful for you who take the time to listen to this. And I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to encourage and support you to kind of come alongside you uh, who are out there doing the, the good and hard work of leading local Anglican churches. As you hopefully know by now at Anglican Revitalization Ministries, we're, we're all about um, equipping and supporting uh, you with uh, practical and biblical uh, resources uh, that uh, will help you help your churches, lead your churches to be more effective, more uh, uh, to thrive and to be healthy and to grow. And so we just want to come alongside you. And so anyway, I'm thankful for this opportunity and for you out there who are listening. Well, today on this episode of The Vital Podcast, I, I want to kind of delve into or dip my toe into a, a topic that maybe could be considered sort of a hot topic or uh, even divisive. I don't know if that's maybe that's too strong of a word, but but basically the the topic is on um, on the whole idea of justice or or being a you know working against injustice and the concept of justice ministries and how that uh, focus on writing injustices uh, it, it can relate to or is related to the work of church revitalization in in the local church, which is what we focus on. So the reason that this may be considered a hot topic is, again, maybe this isn't true for anybody else. I'm just going to, this is for me. I find myself, when I hear people talking about justice or we need to uh, fight against injustice or, you know, serve the work for the oppressed and things like that, I find my my sort of defenses going up. Almost you'd say like a the spidey sense goes off a little bit because I, I, even though I, I, believe in justice, biblical justice, and being against injustice, it's biblical. I, I, I get defensive because it feels like sometimes to me that, that, that's, that there's a liberal, sort of a liberal, progressive, woke, whatever you want to call it, um, agenda being pushed towards me by, by emphasizing, you know, justice, that, that it's coming from a, you know, critical theory worldview of oppressors needing to be taken down and the oppressed lifted up or something, as opposed to being a really biblical sense of justice. And so even though it's not true, I find myself being defensive about that. And um, it, again, it reminds me of when I was in the Episcopal Church, uh, a, a priest in the Episcopal Church, that I, I used to find myself being sort of against the, the word love. I mean, obviously, I didn't I know you're not supposed to be against the word love, but when people would start talking about love, I'd get defensive because uh, a lot of times in the Episcopal Church, the liberals would be using that in a secular way. As, you know, just the love is to accept any behavior whatsoever, and no, that's not true uh, biblically. You know, we're to we are to love, but love means this. And so um, I, I had to sort of after I left the Episcopal Church and came into the ACNA uh, to. to 
allow myself to to really love the word love again uh, as it's defined biblically. biblically. Um, but so justice kind of fits in that category to me. I just like, ooh, where is this being? Is this used as a good thing, or is this is this um, being used against you know against the biblical worldview in some way? So. Is there a place for justice and is 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 there a place for uh, within church revitalization and leading local churches in today's culture to be for justice ministries and, and that not being a bad thing or being you're, you're engaging in critical theory or secular worldviews? Well, um, again, just as a good example, obviously we can be for justice because it's biblical. The, uh, the if beginning at Lent here, you may have already read Isaiah 58 or, or sometime in the next week or so, this uh, will come across your your path because um, Isaiah 58 deals with fasting. And uh, if you're fasting in Lent, it, it's a great example of, of what, we, what we're talking about here. Uh, Isaiah 58, starting with verse 5, it, it, God says, is this, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only about... Um, you humbling yourself and, you know, putting ashes on and, um, you know, for your own personal piety? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and or and for laying on sackcloth and ashes? It goes on. Is that what uh, you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Question mark. And then he goes in verse six. Is it not the kind of fast? It is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, colon, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. It goes on. So, so in other words, true fasting is not just about personal piety or worse, just an empty religious uh, function or ceremony or th- that that ritual that you you perform, but but at best it's just if it's just about my own personal piety, which is important, uh, and not also for as as it clearly says, loosening the chains of injustice and setting the oppressed free, providing for the poor wanderer with shelter, etc. It's it's it needs to be both, and biblically. We want to be both, and so, at any rate, um, that's a good example of it, of of that it is okay. Uh, the the reason this is even on my mind today, just to kind of back up a little bit, uh, was that I, I recently had the opportunity to go to uh, the Matthew twenty five gathering out in El Paso. And Matthew 25, for those of you who may not know, is one of the the five initiatives of the Anglican Church in North America that it kind of oversees. And um, and Matthew 25 is is a specific initiative uh, to promote uh, works of justice and mercy. And you know, if you go to their website and the Matthew 25, it's justice and mercy and working for shalom. And so. Uh, at any rate, so it's it's great. So I went out there to to um, to just be in relationship with others in uh, our ACNA family. I wanted to wanted to build goodwill and better friendships. Sometimes we can kind of silo or get in our own little areas and not work together. So I was looking for opportunities to partner and collaborate. And 
Um, and it was great, but, the, but there was a little bit of me going out there. It was like this, the, that defensiveness was sort of in the back of my mind. Like, I, I hope that I don't hear, you know, some woke, you know, agendas being pushed or something like that. I hope, uh, this is, it's, it's, it's really a good thing, which, which, um, it was. And so uh, what I wanted to you know, share with you, I, I was really encouraged. And the good news is that I found there was a lot of common ground between what Matthew 25 is doing and what Anglican revitalizations through the AAC is doing in terms of uh, what, what our hearts are for and for reaching the lost and caring for caring for uh, those who need Jesus and they need his kingdom. And so I was particularly encouraged Encouraged to meet uh, one of the leaders in Matthew 25, uh, uh, the Reverend Herb Bailey, Bailey um, and who works for the Church Army. Uh, and and again, we I'd, I've seen her around in the various things, but I had never met him. And I was encouraged to hear a little bit from him and, and meet him. And I've invited him to be on this podcast, hopefully uh, the next one. But if not soon, I'd like to interview him and, and uh, hear hear more from him. But so, but my big takeaway, one of my big takeaways, was that for the most part, I would say that that what uh, what I heard with Matthew twenty five and this idea of really promoting justice ministries um, was was very similar to what we do in Anglican Revitalization Ministries in terms of helping churches be healthy and saying that you need to be missional. You know, the local church needs to be missional, and we're basically, in a lot of ways, saying the same things, just using radically different language like i just wouldn't talk about justice ministries normally um and and they might use different they did use different language than i would use or we would use um but in essence it's a similar thing uh for for example they would say what i heard was um you know that that a lot of churches uh, evangelical churches particularly had have been historically focused too much or only on um, personal piety and that the idea of being saved and, and needing to be saved and then having a, a personal, you know, discipleship life and a life of, in Jesus and a whole, whole striving for holiness or whatever, you know, just personal relationship with Jesus, um, but not emphasizing at all uh, the need for social transformation and how that's not a good thing. And that churches to be biblical need to be uh, both about personal piety and social transformation. I mean, like like it just said, and I just read in Isaiah 58, for example. Um, now, again, the way we would say that in Anglican Revitalization Ministries and for church revitalization is that is that too often churches are, are focused on um, too much inwardly and on the inward life of the church and particularly on Sunday worship and, you know, our own fellowship needs and our own discipleship needs, uh, but not uh, and have lost that sense of uh, focus on those outside the church or any kind of outward focus. Um, And that's been proven true over and over again as as we've in our church health assessment when we've assessed churches, they typically score real high in the Christ-centered worship, authentic worship, and real low in mission and having a vision for mission. Um, and so, and, and that's not good. It's, you need both. You need to be both about our, your own personal relationship with Jesus and worship and discipleship and be about the Great Commission going out and building relationship with those, being on mission to those who don't yet know Jesus, build relationship with them, bring them into the church uh, in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ alone and uh, to be made his disciples. Um, 
It would just be, but, but and again, oftentimes when when we talk about the need for a church to look outward, to be missional, uh, to identify a specific people group in your local community who don't yet know Jesus, find ways to to connect with them relationally. That's often through service and through thir- serving their felt needs, which and oftentimes is is a justice issue. It's a, you know, helping the oppressed and caring for the poor wanderer, feeding the hungry, whatever that, it's not always the case, but often it is. So there's, it's again, very similar. It's just, we're, we're using different language. So I was encouraged and, and I, and I, hopefully that might encourage you as well, um, to know this. Uh, but, but the, 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 the last thing I would want to say is just um, on this topic is uh, there's different language we can use altogether, which I find helpful. When, when, I've, um, when I'm thinking about this, uh, for years I've used the, the language of, of the church's need for both demonstration and proclamation of the good news of the kingdom of God. That, that it's, it's not just proclamation and it's not just demonstration. We need both. And, and I think, and I'll explain that a little bit, but I think that's, and you think in those terms, it really balances it. It's not like, um, justice, 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 and it's against, you know, personal piety or it's just personal piety and against justice. No, we need both. Um, we need the demonstration of the kingdom of God that it's real, it's at hand, and that's good news, and you can be a part of it, and the proclamation of what it is, and that you can be a part of it through belief in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, be born again, enter into the kingdom of God, and then be a part of what he's doing in the world and uh, demonstrating that to others, and etc. So when I first heard this language of demonstration and proclamation, it was actually at an AMIA winter conference workshop that was being led by Ed Stetzer. He's pretty famous. A lot of people know heard of him, but he was leading this workshop and he, he talked about it. And, you know, this is my memory of it, at least. I'm not sure what verbatim what he said. If so, if, I don't, hopefully I'm not misquoting anything. But basically what I heard him say was that, that, that historically the church um, has, has erred, uh, kind of gone down a slippery slope on either side, either, either towards demonstration uh, without any proclamation or proclamation without any demonstration and and either way of going if you can air either way and in just proclamation or just demonstration and what the ch- a healthy church uh, needs is both together and so like an example uh for of, of you know airing on the side of proclamation and not the demonstration uh of of the kingdom would be, you know, churches, you know, again, some evangelical churches, I don't know, um, but you can use your imagination who are, you know, just all about the truth and just, it's, you know, you need to believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and get saved so that you can go to heaven when you die. Absolutely true and good news. That's all the focus is on is getting saved, getting saved, getting saved. But then with no, no emphasis anywhere on, uh, you know, and then and then having the truth, but kind of being the truth against culture, like we've we've got the truth, and then not demonstrating that truth or the love of the kingdom of God. You know, God's love to the lost, and so you can kind of get in this sort of like, you know, walls of the church. We have got the truth. We've got, uh, and uh, those outside are bad. They don't have the truth, and so you know, you know, all proclamation, all salvation, and no demonstration. Uh, that can be a problem. I mean, again, if it was me, I'd rather err on that side and have, uh, you know, be going to heaven when I die. Uh, but, um, but still not, not a biblical, a real biblical church. 
Now, others can go down the road of, uh, of demonstration and not proclamation. Uh, since I was Episcopal, I can speak about that directly. That would be a good, that was a good example of a, of a bad, or uh, how to go down that bad road where Episcopal Church is all about the, demonstra- the demonstration of God's love. And, um, and I just did air quotes, um, but uh, demonstration, 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 show love, show love, show love without any proclamation of the truth um, that people are sinners in need of salvation. And so that that I always consider that like if it's just about showing love and showing God's love with no proclamation of the God of the truth of salvation, then really all you're doing is holding people's hand and making their lives temporarily better on the way to hell. Well, that's not good. And so, so again, you can air that way. A healthy church, a healthy, you know, denomination or the church, but certainly a healthy local church, which is where we focus primarily, uh, needs both a healthy balance of the, the demonstration of God's kingdom. That's the missional piece of going outside of the church, building relationship, demonstrating that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's real through through service, through deeds, through love, acts of love, and all sorts of things. Um, and hopefully some supernatural things like Jesus did in terms of healing the sick and um, uh, casting out demons. That's demonstrating. But then followed with and attached to that is the proclamation of the gospel, that this is all true and all real and available to you through Jesus Christ and through belief in him for the forgiveness of your sins and that you can enter that kingdom now uh, and it lasts forever and you'll go to go to heaven when you die. So so it's both. It's both. And uh, and again, Ed Stetzer didn't make that up. It's it's uh, it's really just what Jesus did. And it's what he taught the apostles to do. And it's what we see they did throughout the book of Acts. It's what Paul did. It's this balance of demonstration and proclamation. So, you know, Jesus, just to wrap up, Jesus, um, you know, after his baptism uh, and temptation, he went into Galilee and it says proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of uh, the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, And then he then the next thing is that he immediately began, so he's proclaiming it, and then he began demonstrating it. And so casting out demons, healing the sick, um, forgiving sins, and doing all these things that were evidence of the fact that the kingdom of God actually had come. And so people go, what is this about? You know, what's going on? Feeding of thousands, et cetera, whatever. Demonstrations led to proclamation, and they go together. Uh, Book of Acts, Pentecost, there's a demonstration, something's happening, what's going on? This Holy Spirit is outpouring and people are speaking in these different languages. Uh, What is this about? Followed by Peter's proclamation uh, to repent and believe. This is available for you. Many got saved, and then you know, on and on and on. You read they they heal this heal the uh, the guy at the door, the paralyzed man at the door of the temple, and then he's jumping for joy. People say, "What's going on?" There's a demonstration, uh, followed by a proclamation, and it goes on and on and on, and it has been for two thousand years. So anyway, that's what I think about all this. I don't know. Hopefully that was helpful to you. Um, I'd love to hear what you think. What do you have similar concerns about use of? The, the word justice and justice ministries is maybe, you know, being used in a way that's pushing secular agendas or, or do you think I'm just completely wrong on that? Or um, 
Well, and what do you think about my sense of that? It really is a, a balance of both, no matter what language you, you use for it. So anyway, I'd love to hear from you, uh, what you think about that. Uh, keep coming back to these podcasts, these vital podcasts. As I said, I'd like to get, um, hope to have Herb Bailey on soon to talk about this and other things more. Uh, so God bless you all out there on the front lines, praying for you. And I look forward to talking to you again on the next Vital Podcast. You've been listening to the Vital Podcast a podcast of Anglican Revitalization Ministries, a division of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to share this podcast with other Anglican pastors and lay leaders who are also on the journey to church health. For more information on Anglican Revitalization Ministries and all it has to offer, be sure to visit www.churchrevive.org.